Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community, and what has come to be expected, I'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite, obstacle course racing. But before I get started, I want to give a shout out to Human Octane. If you're the kind of person who pushes the limit, then you've got to check out Human Octane Apparel. Training and racing apparel designed by OCR athletes, and these guys just get it. Everything they make dries lightning fast, has zippered pockets, is abrasion resistant in high contact areas without bulky padding. I've gotten to know these guys, and trust me, they're going to out-innovate the competition when it comes to OCR gear. Check them out at humanoctane.com. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. I've got the profound pleasure of bringing on our show Steve Hammond. Steve Hammond is, well, you said course manager. I'd like you to try to explain what it is you do. And, I, and again, earlier we discussed the fact that it's not the only thing you do. You have other uh, responsibilities in life which entail a lot of guiding, right? So, Steve, explain to people what it is you do for Spartan and, and other things that you do. Yeah, great. Well, good morning, guys. Great to be on the show. Thank you, Richard. Uh, you're definitely a brother from another mother. Uh, last time I was drinking whiskey with you, it was awesome. So <laughs> it was great, great to uh, uh, great to be on the show. I'm really looking forward to this. So yeah, I work for uh, I'm course manager for um, Spartan Race, and uh, a lot of people uh, misnome that as uh, race director. Um, I'm not the race director. Um, thank goodness there's a lot of responsibilities and lots of other stuff and uh, yeah I basically run around the course um, help design the layout of the uh, obstacles and basically design the, the trail route a lot of it is already set up like pre-planned uh, with I mean we have we have race planners and um, build directors and foremans and um, and race directors and myself as the course manager, which we all kind of get together and we all try and make sure that we've got a place for all the obstacles. And my aim when I rock up on site is to, you know, design the, um, uh, the actual trail route itself, um, which is basically one of the things that I do there. Um, you know, and then there's things like design the layout of the, uh, the, the carries, how, you know, how long, how long it goes, how short it goes, all that kind of stuff. Making sure, one, nobody gets lost. Two, it's super, super safe that nobody's going to sort of run down a hill and get injured or, or whatever. And there's a lot more into it, but that's basically 
that's basically what I do for Spartan, and I love it. So if I understand this correctly, what you do is they determine where the course is going to be conducted. They decide the arrangement of the obstacles, and you're basically the guy that goes out there to make it all work. Does that sound about right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we all make it work. I mean, it's a massive team effort. The guys are phenomenal that we work with. And, uh, you know, it is a really interesting layout where you don't get one person overloaded with too much work. Everything's, like, nicely spread out. And I think Spartan have done a really good job there where everyone's got their little niche and they're kind of, um, you know, the race director doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a fantastic at marking the course or um, uh, designing where the, the trail route goes um, or building any obstacles, but they have a, like a massive over, oversight on everything. And, you know, it's their ultimate call. Um, but a lot of them, you know, trust, um, the skills of, you know, say the build director and the foreman of, um, you know, the orientation of his obstacles, the placement of the obstacles. So it's a really great team effort that everyone just uh, sort of, you know, comes in and we try and um, we try and bang out these events and make it super successful. How many races are you involved with in the course of the season? Uh, I will probably do about 15 this year. Wow. And um, are those primarily in the United States? Yeah, they're they're gonna um, uh, they're gonna all be in the United States, I think. Um, like the way the way that Spartan is uh, um, is got themselves now is we've kind of got four different trailers, got four different teams, like a West Coast, Central, um, Mountain team, and an East Coast, and we've basically got our you know our own little domain, and you know. We, we have the same team, so it's the we try and bring out the same, you know, awesome pro- product each time that we do it. That that's that, that's kind of the aim of the game, so it's uh, consistent. Cool. All right. So you pointed to the fact that you and I, we sat down, and as the moon and stars lined up, there was a bottle of scotch set between us. <laughs> Without and, even knowing me, you you knew the way to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because on this show, I've often spoken of the fact that I have a fondness for single malt scotch, and I've also even discussed the fact that I like Cuban cigars. I'm getting old, man. I've got to have some uh, vices in my life. I can't get through this unscathed. <laughs> that's just not that's not just no man's game. <laughs> yeah. However, in the course of our consuming this bottle, we told war stories and went back and it was just really a lot of fun we had a lot of chance to talk about just all things but uh we also discussed and incidentally this was during the monterey super pre-race carbo party i put together but at monterey we had some favorites and we discussed who we thought might win who might not win and um given that you had such insight on course design how do you think the thing shook out? I mean, did, did it surprise you that the race ended the way it did? It was. Uh, I thought. It, I thought it was an awesome race. I thought that um, you know some of the uh, some of the bigger guys. I mean, like Hunter constantly surprises me in the men's field. He just is an absolute beast. He went out like an absolute lightning and came first out the bucket carry, and that was only three miles in with all this trail running to go. And he held his own, which was pretty incredible. 
um, for a guy who's, what, 202 pounds or something, which in trail running terms is, is, you know, people will say, oh, that's too big. And he is just this remarkable athlete. So, you know, um, we, we discussed some of the other runners and I talked to them afterwards about, you know, their performances. And um, I thought that uh, I think we got, um, I think I got four out of the top six. I think I missed a few here and there, but like definitely Hobie Cole were, was, you know, always going to be a surprise. He's He's got good descending. I think Ryan Atkins did uh, a phenomenal job com- considering that he wasn't, you know, a hundred, I didn't feel that he was a hundred percent there. No. I don't know if you thought about that. No, um, I, I didn't think he was going to do as well as he customarily does given the history of late and having some issues with a blood infection and things like this, just being there all by itself was already a lot. And that was, yeah, I mean, he, like, he was there, I mean, still putting in a performance of, uh, I think he came fourth in the end, and, you know, that was great. Um, I thought that, um, I thought that, uh, um, that Hobie ran a very, very clever race. He never went out to um, destroy it completely and utterly. Um, he went out and just bided his time knowing that others would um, burn out, which was incredible. Um, so, you know, full credit for him for running a very clever race. Yeah, he did an amazing job. And clearly, given his strength-to-weight ratio, dealing with the steep ascents and blistering descents, he he timed it perfectly. I mean, I think he just timed it perfectly. And I don't even think it was a function of Hunter running out of gas. I just think Hunter was beat. He was he was yeah. beaten. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think uh, even Robert Killian and, and Hunter came in and they were like, "I ran a perfect. I ran a great race." Yeah, they yeah. did. I thought they and did. I, I, that that that's amazing. Usually people cross the line and you hear, "Ah, oh, I did this," or oh, "I made a mistake," or you know, something like this. I think the guys finished and they were like, yeah, I, I, I gave it all. Robert Killian, very humble guy. was like, I gave it all I could see. I gave it all I could. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, and I don't know what happened with Orion, but I know the, the top three guys ran a very clean race and, and there was really, you can't look back at it and say, well, this is where you dropped the ball. It, they just, all three of them, just did an amazing job, so it was a great race. That was incredible, and the women's race was just, um, you know, a pleasure to watch as well. They, you know, they're phenomenal athletes, and um, that was an exciting battle because they were all within like first to fourth. Each one of them could have got there, and Lindsay, the battle of Lindsay and Nicole uh, Miracle was pretty, pretty amazing, and Nicole just kept, you know, she kept in there, she kept within touch. And, um, you know, manage it, man, I'm really pleased for her because she managed to, uh, to clinch it. And it got, I always say this, that, um, what makes the most ultimate, um, you know, Spartan race or at least a very, very good, um, you know, pedigree is a trail runner, extremely good trail runner crossed with a climber. Yeah. And that is exactly what she is. And hence why she's coming to the sport like a bomb and, you know, um, doing incredibly well. I was really surprised at how well she performed in the carries. 
I mean, she was blistering fast on the carries, especially the, the descents. Like, coming from a climber's background, I mean, you don't have to be, um, it, I call it scrawny strong, where, like, the climbers, uh, a lot of climbers, which people don't understand, they're not just, you know, climbing rock faces. They get into the rock faces in the first place. And carrying your whole gear, the rope, the, um, uh, you know, the whole rack of gear weighs a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, you're carrying 80 pounds sometimes towards a crack. And sometimes the crag is up 2,000 feet and up on steep terrain. And you just sling it on your back and you just go. And this is what the climber's mentality, hence why climbers can be very, very good. You know, it's not, I'm not talking about rock climbers, I'm talk, uh, uh, gym climbers. I'm talking about, you know, real rock climbers who go out there and do big moldy pitch routes. They're used to carrying these really big, um, heavy weights. And, um, you know, that's one thing that uh, I think she really excels at. Well, apparently, she took me completely by surprise because I thought that the flaw would be that, as she typically does, she goes out hard, goes out fast, tries to take the lead, tries to hold on to the lead, and then runs into some heavy carries, and then the strength component becomes a problem for her. But that was not the case. She just she just mowed through it like it was nothing. Yeah, yeah, incredible. I I, I think I get the luckiest job in the world where. I get to track the, the elite races. <laughs> so I kind of know who's going to... I see the yo-yo of the race where not necessarily people in festival. And now we've got the, the live feed um, for this, the NBC races, which is super exciting. Uh, you can see a little bit of that. But you see the, um, you know, the tactics going on. I was talking uh, to Mark uh, Batchus the other day, and he, he was just like, hey, I, you know, I, I, I think I... Um, I think I ran my race wrong you know he said i should have approached it differently and he had different thoughts of how he could have attacked it and you know looking back on his life he could have gone off a lot faster causing a bit more of a stir at the start and all that kind of stuff you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh a lot of tactics going into a race of how you start how you finish um a lot of that kind of stuff so yeah interested i gotta tell you i sat there in the festival area with my phone out and I watched the whole thing unfold where the previous year I yeah. I relied exclusively on the commentator to let us know where the leaders were and just being able to watch the whole thing on my phone was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I I was really really impressed with it and I I feel very privileged to be part of the, you know, the live feed and that was uh um, it's completely out of my comfort zone trying to do some live reporting for those guys. <laughs> it was awesome, but yeah. <laughs> they've got some crazy Brit shouting at people on the sideline. Um, <laughs> it kind of worked. All right, so now the next thing on the horizon is Palmerton. You going? Um, I, I think I am. I don't think I am. Um, I don't think I'm course managing that one. Um, I think I am going. Uh, to help with the live feed and um, and and yeah, help out the guys if they need any help on the on the course. But I'll be going later on, maybe on the Thursday, Friday, um, just to check things out. So no, I'm I'm not sure who is doing that course. It might be Woody or um, uh, great team over there anyway. But they 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 will. I think they're doing that. I'm not entirely sure of my schedule um, as of yet. All right. <laughs> So given the course, and I'm assuming that you have a pretty good sense of what the course is, is going to look like, 
What are your thoughts on who has good prospect there? Um, I think I'm going to lay it down. It, it depends. Like it is a um, it's what I call a risk course. So you have to take a risk in order to be successful on this course. You can't hold back. Um, there's steep descents, the steep ascents. It's gnarly. It's crazy terrain. Um, I haven't yet seen the layout of the course, but uh, I think I know it's going to be pretty, pretty brutal one and different. And what I like about all, you know, Seattle was completely different from Monterey. Monterey is going to be completely different from Palmerton. Palmerton is going to be a completely different ball game to Asheville, which is really nice to have a whole rounded in this series. So. Um, I think there's going to be a little mix-up on the men's side, but I think there's going to be a huge mix-up on the women's side because the women tend to hold back a little bit on the descents, and this is where like, someone like Lindsay might completely destroy the field because she's going to just let loose. Hmm. Mark Botras told me that he's not going to Palmerton. He's going yep. to hold back for Asheville. So he's That's out of it. Why- yeah, that's, I think a few people might do that because they only need four to, um, you know, to, to rack up the points. Um, but if a lot of people aren't going, then there's, you know, room for other people to, you know, um, rack up their points. Um, it, it, it will, it's a really gritty course, so you're going to have the lights. I, I think I'm going to put my money on a Hunter, Killian Hobie, Three, possibly um, Ryan Atkins being in there in the mix, um, possibly Hunter one, Ryan two, Hobie three. Let's see that. Wow! <laughs> wow! Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah. Apparently, you've got some respect for Hunter because that's a tough course for a guy like him. Well, it is, but he's he's got balls. Like yeah. he's got big balls. Um, <laughs> gonna laugh at me because i call him a ball bag the whole yeah, you know yeah. but like he he can run downhill and like he doesn't mind it's going back to the um the risk you know ha- risk versus reward he he is he is gonna he's, he's gonna take that risk to get that reward yeah he's fearless on the descents he doesn't care he just does it so that that's kind of where it's gonna you know gonna be won yeah. um and he's, pro- he's proven to everybody that i mean people called Monterey a runner's course. I mean, everybody is a runner. Um, it's more akin to the trail runners, but it's still like, you know, you still have to um, settle your heart rate after you come out of barbed wire and you've got a big hill to climb up and you still have to settle yourself down. And it's, um, yeah, it's such a unique and technical um, train, training your body for this type of, uh, type of race. Well, I know that this... Uh Tough Mudder X that's coming out. Yeah. Hunter's focus is on that. And so he's really trying to wrap his head around shorter, high-intensity, duration-type racing. Now, I don't know whether he's getting ahead of himself, thinking past Palmerton to success in that shorter race, Here's my take on that. I'm gonna like I'm gonna jump in quickly sure. because I mean they're two they're two different sports. I mean Palmerton um, Super is a completely different 
sport to um, Tough Matter X. Tough Matter X is one mile on the flat, absolutely flat running with obstacles. So it's going to suit people like a parkour. It's 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 like taking a um, you know a marathon runner and putting them in the 110 meter hurdles. Right. It's you know yeah they're going to be good at it, but um, because they're an athlete and they're athletic, but it's not what they specialize at and. I'm not sure where this sport is going because uh, I know they want something for the Olympics. I know they want something for, um, you know, high intensity, quick, um, you know, quick fire, um, you know, spectator friendly. But it like, I mean, this shows how well-rounded our athletes are, but it's not really, I think they're almost two different sports. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, this becomes kind of CrossFit X, you know. You you you're you're kind of building this kind of building this more to the favor of a CrossFit athlete, and not that that's a problem. It's but I think it's done. They're already they're already doing that, right? They, these uh, CrossFit games are very much like this. A lot of high intensity, short duration running, yeah, and some lifting. You know, basically yeah. lifting. Or, Cakes. I think the uh, Tough Matter X, like someone who's going to do really well at that, is someone who comes from a, like a, um, parkour, you know, background, stroke ninja warrior with a little bit of cardiovascular, who's just going to kind of spring over these walls like you see in the movies. These guys just flying over stuff. Um, you know, there's amazing ability where they might not have the ability to be able to sustain that for a whole, you know like a, you know, giant course, whether it be World's Toughest Matter, whether it be, you know, Spartan, um, a Spartan beast. Right. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see I see some athletes that just kind of vault the, you know, vault the six, seven-foot wall like it's nothing, where the person who won it, you know, will take three or four seconds to scramble over it, you know, yeah. safety. And, yeah, that, I mean, that to me is, is um as you said, a high intensity. It's a different. It's a, it's a different avenue of of the sport. Well, and I, think, I, I think it's done. I, you know, to be honest, I think, I think what they're trying to do, the media, is trying to can the essence of OCR and stick it into a format that is agreeable for them to to cover. And, yeah. And so they're trying to condense it into and and you. This is very evident with the. The NBC uh, reality thing they're doing with Spartan, uh, yeah. they they push it into a, a one mileish format, and it's just really easy to to cover it. Yeah. Where, where trying to do a good job covering an event that's over hill and dale, and goes for beyond an hour, hour and a half or longer, it it just takes a little bit more work. I, I don't know. I just to me, I don't think I don't think it's it's as appealing to watch, or to uh, really get that sense of the, the the guttural aspect of obstacle course racing when you condense it into such a short course. If you ask me what I love about obstacle course racing and the passion that I have and the reason why I do it, I mean, we discussed this the other day of why why I love it. It it there's nothing. Um, what am I trying to say here? Is there's nothing in that. Um, short course that is what I love about it. There's nothing there. So it doesn't attract me in the slightest. 
Will I, you know, like, um, is it going to be popular? Yeah, sure, it's going to be popular. It's just going to uh, attract a different, um, cli- like, clientele, different, a, a different force of people. I think it goes back to, you know, is, like, Hunter, for instance, if, it, if that's his focus, then his training and everything else is going to be completely different. Well, that's uh, my point. Yeah. I, I think what's going to happen is if he, he looks beyond Palmerton and he's looking at that payday is basically what he's doing. He's Well that's 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 all that that's what it is. And right. these athletes have to have this um you know, there, there is a bit of money in the sport, more money than, you know, a lot. Uh a lot of um uh you know, a lot of sports out there. But uh they have to be this amazing whole rounded um thing to um to be attracted to this uh well to to go and compete to, for this money. Right. Well, again, uh, just broad stroke, he's looking at it as if I don't concern myself too much with the Spartan event, I go after this Tough Mudder, even if he comes in second. I I don't know what the money is for second place, but it's still probably considerably greater than what is going to happen at Palmerton. Yeah. And then he's looking at the Steve Austin thing, which is his next focus. And, and yeah. th- those two types of events kind of are hand in hand, where Palmerton going into super or even longer events, it really stretches him. He, he, has, to, he has to really push to get his big butt up these hills. I mean, he can do it, but it's a lot more work for him. Oh, Hunter's going to love listening to this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to get a call, I know. I'm going to get a call. Yeah, we ended up talking about you, you big goofball. (laughs) Uh, um, I think, okay, so, like, I'm stepping back a little bit, and um, one amazing positivity, which is about all these short courses coming out, that it's opening up to, like, I mean, it's open to everyone anyway, but uh, it's, it's letting people know about the sport. So one amazing thing is that, uh, like, how diverse our sport is, they will see this, you know, um, uh, Tough Matter X, and it will be televised, and you see these athletes go through. And if that inspires one person to go and do a, you know, a Spartan race, a Tough Matter, or any OCR race, then it's working. Then it's fantastic. And, you know, call it a stepping stone, call it whatever you want, but it's... um, I think it's fantastic for our sport, the sport that, you know, I love, that we love. And, um, you know, if it creates uh, more people, you know, into the sport, then fantastic. Then it works. Well, if you look at the history of triathlon, it came about the same way, where Ironman was insurmountable for most people. They looked at it, and I remember yep. myself watching it on television for the first time on Wide World of Sports, and I was just completely blown away by the fact that these guys got off a bike after 112 miles and swam two and a half miles in the ocean. Yeah. And living where I did at the time, you know, being basically a land lover in middle America, the idea of being in the ocean all by itself was a scary proposition. I would have never guessed that some years later I actually was doing the the stupid thing myself and <laughs> and uh ended up producing the first pro race for CBS Sports. Uh, wow. 
But if you looked at where that sport went, is it evolved to shorter and shorter and shorter distance events and eventually resided in an Olympic distance, which was very manageable distances, uh, 10K, 40K, and uh, 1.5K in the water? Yep. Yeah, but... But at uh, the sprint events, uh, if you anywhere you go where there's a triathlon sprint, they're generally sold out, and that still can be a very intense event. Oh, absolutely! Because you're going at such a massive. Like I've done a few, I've done quite a few triathlons, and yeah, I I find the sprints and um, uh, uh, the Olympic distance harder than some of the longer, the longer ones. Sure. Yeah, because you're in hell for leather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But at, uh, I think all in all, it's all good stuff. Um, so let's talk about Asheville. Cool. Um, that's a different course than Palmerton. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite Spartan courses um, around. Again, I don't like. I did it last year. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to course manage that this year, um, but I hope to be there. Um, there was talk about me going to Hawaii, which kind of clashes with that. Um, so I will see when my schedule comes out. But um, oh my goodness, Asheville is going to be going to be intense. What a great race! Did you did you watch it last year? I didn't watch it. I know Hunter won it. Yeah, and um, we had that pre pre race phone conversation, and uh, I won't forget the race simply because of that that call we had where he said, okay, coach, how do I approach this? Yeah. And <laughs> what I told him was, I want you to go out as hard as you possibly can. I want you to put everybody behind you, and I want everybody to wonder what the hell you're thinking. And then ultimately, as they try to catch you, I want them to make mistakes. And then if they do, you're going to win. And he goes, well, so what you're telling me is either first place or 20th place. <laughs> that's awesome. And I said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I said, if you come in 20th, blame me. I said, if you come in first, you owe me a bottle of scotch. Oh, that's amazing. I hope he bought you a good one. Uh, we wrestled over it a bit, but uh, uh, I think I ended up getting a drink out of him. Uh, I mean, it was an incredible uh, race to watch, and he did exact that, exactly that. I mean, I chased him around on the Gator, and I remember seeing uh, the, the the last huge hill climb, and it was him and Robert Killian, and um, Hannah was just, you know, <gasps> breathing so heavy. I thought it was going to fall apart, and I was like, oh, I think he's got that spark in his eye, and uh, Robert looked comfortable, and I was like, well, I, you know, my money's on Robert. And... Uh, in my in my eyes, Robert should have won that day, like hands down. He he completed the hill climb first. He got the descent. I mean, his shoe fell apart, and he like had a tree in his eye, and all you know you could, I mean, call it excuses, call it whatever. But Robert was he put himself in a position that he should have won that, and he came all the way down, and it was humid, hot, humid, whatever. They came in, bags were super heavy, and Robert had that mistake, and Hannah just blitz past him i mean he stayed within touch and had the strength and had the audacity just to you know um cruise on past and breathing heavy or not he won that race and was very well well deserved i think ryan has uh some vindication in this i think he wants to make up for 
the errors of the last event. But yeah. I, I guess they all do, right? If you if you blow it somewhere, you want to make sure you don't blow it the second time. Yeah, and and uh, you know you talked about telling Hannah just to go out really fast to make to have people make mistakes. I mean that like that is a tactic. You know, you you have to run your own race. Hobie ran his own race, and um, uh, you know Nicole Miracle ran their own race. Although there were people up ahead, you can panic. Um, yeah, you just you keep running and you you. You uh, you keep keep your head together so that you can overcome, and uh, they did exactly that. And he like, yeah, it's um, it's going to be very very exciting. Yeah, it will be. So Steve, where do you call home? Where where do you live? Right, right now I'm looking at the beautiful mountains, uh, the backside of Tahoe. I actually live in Alpine Meadows. Um, we still have snow on the ground up here, unbelievably. Wow. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I live uh, right opposite Squaw Valley. Wow. Now, do you do you do work up there, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm ambassador for um, uh, a few things. So locally, um, there's a shop called Alpine, uh, Alpine Glow, and uh, they're a fantastic sort of ski shop, um, mountaineering and trail running and they put on a lot of events throughout the year so I'm helping them with the Broken Arrow Sky Race um, just volunteering helping in don't get paid for it um, and uh, they're just a fantastic group of people who are passionate about um, extreme trail running um, so they're putting on this uh, awesome sky running event and I'm helping them mark the course this week and that's this Saturday um, we do a 26 and a 54k um, at Squaw Valley itself, and this year, because of the insane amount of snow, it's going to be about 80% on snow. Oh man! <laughs> uh, with uh, the 54k, is going to be about 12,000 feet of elevation gain. <laughs> is it really cold as well? No, it's been, well. It was cold the last few days. I mean, right now outside, it's 35 degrees. Um, so yeah, that is pretty chilly, but it's going to warm up to a nice 70. Oh, so, really? Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be beautiful here, um, uh, this week, but, um, yeah, I went for a nice dog walk this morning and, you know, the snow covered hills are gorgeous. Um, and then also, um, I work for, um, uh, I work for a, a rafting company, which my wife has been involved with. Uh, she's general manager at Kings River Expeditions down there, uh, near Fresno. And, um, uh, I mean, we met rafting in Zambia years ago where I was her guide, and that's what I did professionally for a long while. So I help, I help in there with the training, and uh, I guide there um, as and when I can. Um, this year they've got an exceptional high water year, so it's a great time to go rafting, um, and that's on the Kings River uh, near Fresno. Oh, wow. That's not too far. Nope, nope. I mean, that's I mean, very accessible. Yeah, it was a six hours drive for us, and we we go down there, and we kind of we live rather busy <laughs> busy lives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty great. I mentioned to my wife that you uh, you did rough water rafting, and she lit right up. She liked that idea. Good. Well, bring her up. You guys should come up, and uh, we'll take you down. It's, yeah. It's awesome. I mean, the thing is, is what I love about everything I do it's all outdoor based I mean I'm running around the beautiful trails like I'm just about to head over to Squaw um to mark the course 
and it's just beautiful being in the mountains and i mean that's my whole career has been you know either climbing instructing or kayaking instructing or skiing like somewhere in the mountains in this beautiful environment and there's some energy um about being in the outdoors which just completely and utterly in you know rejuvenates you um and i think i get that out of you know spartan racing as well because i spend the whole week running around the course and i'm just excited um hence why i like post some of these videos and educate people on what what's happening you know not giving too much away but uh i i think i just you know i really do have a passion for it and um uh yeah i, I love what i do and i'm really excited about being out in the hills today that's amazing. Let's close the show by doing this. Knowing the course in Palmerton, if you had to give a training tip, something to focus on between now and then, what would it be? Find the right shoe to descend steep train uh, to descend steep um, terrain and work on your descending. That sounds like a really solid tip. Yep. Just be comfortable. Um, be comfortable being uncomfortable. I think is the uh, is is a good phrase which somebody, a very good friend of mine, taught me whilst uh, climbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, my brother. If you get down this way, you have a date here. We're going to hang out poolside. I know it's not going to be the mountains. <laughs> But knowing that you're going to be here, I will make sure that we have provision and uh, we'll pontificate for hours and enjoy a company. And I just would really like to spend some time with you. Well, that is fantastic. I will definitely take you up on that offer. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And uh, I, I like the word um, uh, pontificate. I, I, I think that means whiskey, so that'd be great. <laughs> It, it always means whiskey. <laughs> All right. All right, that's going to be a who, and that's a definite date. I don't think that's going to be the uh, the last time that we do that. Yeah, and I, I tell people all the time that I've not become an alcoholic yet, so I've quit worrying about it. I mean, I'm you know, I'll be 65 years old this year, and I could still get through my day without having an issue or having to feel anxious about having to have a drink but i enjoy a nice glass of uh, a, a really old single malt and a cuban cigar now and then and it always is uh prefaced with some type of exercise at least yeah absolutely yeah. i mean i was i've been watching all your videos about hooking people up to all these machines i was like um i I've, i think i've ran on the treadmill about three times in my life yeah <laughs> Well, the unfortunate end is for me to be able to hook people up to the equipment, I got to have them on a treadmill. Yeah, I, I think I think it's wonderful. I mean, I just want to say this: um, that it's wonderful having someone like you in this sport. Um, you know, you're it, you're so um, educated in the running uh, in the running world and uh, all the science behind it, and there's so much. So it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure one to be on your show and two to have you. Um, in the industry uh, for people to go and get uh, amazing, um, you know, amazing results from. I mean, just like a hunter, yeah. you know, the fat boy goofball and he <laughs> destroyed everybody. 
Yeah, well. Love you, Honda. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I can't take credit for all of that. He brought some of that fat boy with him. But oh, listen, okay. Steve, again, it was awesome having you on the show. I'm looking forward to seeing you very, very soon. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Thank you, Richard, and you take care and have a great day. You too, buddy. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.